you add on top of that the number of people you'll see a day as the number of topics that you will discuss with this person today, because that's what's going to get that super bill to be the largest it can be. So even if you come in with um, just a sore throat or a cold, you know, it's going to be, well, gee, you know, how's your blood pressure? How's, you know, how's this? Because you've got to be able to put the checks in the box. So my problem is with the system, Mm -hmm. not with the doctors or the nurses, because that's usually not the type of practice that they were envisioning as they were spending eight years of their life in in school and education and dreaming about the people that they would help. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the functional diagnostic nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. And look, we did it. Hey, Kimberly, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Ev? I'm doing well. So, guys, we're doing the first live Health Detective Podcast interview. This took uh, about 20 minutes of setup on our end because we actually have the whole podcast studio going on live behind this and then we have the phone as well because instagram is the only platform that does not allow you to stream live via third-party software so we can't just go into a nice studio and do this Uh, but yeah we're talking to my friend kim today and we got to meet for really the first time in person at a biohacking congress it was a conference that we went to for fdn recently and this is one sharp cookie um little different than some of the other podcasts in that you know kim wasn't walking around with cancer or autoimmune but she certainly has some good things to say and definitely has a background, which I think you guys will find very relevant to what we're talking about today. So Kim, welcome to the Health Detective Podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much. I'm so excited. I feel like I've actually hit the big time now. I've I've listened to your show and it's like I've been on a lot of really cool ones, but I wanted to be on yours for a long time. So thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, yeah, we are glad to have you. And since my normal first question is like, when did someone's health symptoms start and what did they look like? Um, I'll take a slightly different approach here and I'll ask like, how did you end up getting into nursing? And I know we haven't mentioned that yet on this live, but I know Kim's background and you had um, other things going on before you even got into that. So I'm just curious. Tell us a little bit, I guess, about your adult life and then how that eventually led to changing careers to nursing. Oh, wow. Well, for me, I actually owned a telephone company. We installed very large phone systems into uh, hospitals and retirement communities all over the country. Mm -hmm. And when I was 48, I had an opportunity to sell that company after 20 years and I took it, did a little bit of traveling. And then I you know, after a while, all your, your friends and family, they're all at work. So you don't really have anybody to play with. And I thought, you know what, I really want to go back and do something else. So I went back to school, actually, at 50, went back to school and thought I would study nursing because I had been in that environment, you know, for 20 years, just installing communication systems uh, and pull cords and pendants rather than, um, you know, actually nursing. And so that's kind of where the interest was peaked. Sure. Cool. All right. And I I thought it was so cool when I heard about um, all these like different careers and having success in all of them. That's what's really interesting, you know, and I feel like one of the ways that you've gotten so much attention at FDN is because you came right out of the gate. You were doing the business stuff. You're doing the things that we try to teach people, but you can't force anyone into it. And then go figure. I found out that you have this business background. So 
it gives you that extra push. And we'll talk about that later. Because sometimes people just have the guts or have to have the guts to go out and actually do this, right? So when you were in this nursing career, you were probably helping people, doing great things. And then I know you told me eventually you started to realize that maybe this wasn't a complete system of care. So what were some of the things going on that made you kind of rethink uh, what you were doing? Yeah, you know, you're right about that. And first of all, let me say that I was very blessed to work with some of the most wonderful, thorough, loving, caring doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners um, that I've, I've ever met. They were excellent at what they did. They cared. But here's the thing. You realize that, you know, once you get into the system, that the doctor is not the boss. And, and a lot of people think that, well, the doctor's the boss. The doctor's not a boss. The doctor is a paid employee, just like the receptionist is a paid employee. And there is a hierarchy in a large group. There's a practice manager who is in charge of the doctor, basically. And then he or she has their own hierarchy um, up the chain. Yeah. And so what happens is they will tell the doctor how many people he or she will see that day before they will go home. And our quota was, you know, you hate to call it a quota because it's, but the number of people they wanted you to see is 32 a day. So for us, that was someone every 15 minutes. Um, And so what you see there is that as a nurse, you get the opportunity to go in before the doctor, you get the um, history of the present illness, you get what medication, you get vital signs. So that's a few minutes. And then the doctor would take my notes and go in and, you know, try to, really understand what I said and the patient said and lay hands on, you know, physically look, diagnose, but it was 15 minutes. And so you would see people often leave with no more than just a prescription for medication mm-hmm. or a suggestion to lose weight or uh, lower their stress, but with no real plan of how to do that other than we'll see in three months, come back and let's give it another go. And, and that for me was, um, it was kind of eye-opening mm-hmm. because I would see people come back um, just after having been in that. You know, we talk about it in FDN all the time, the cycle of trial and error, where they would come in, oh, your labs are normal. I don't know. You really need to go to gastro. You go to gastro. Well, your labs are normal. Um, maybe endocrinology. And it was just a, um, and I was working with some of the best of the best, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just an interesting system once you um, see it maybe from a different angle. Yeah. Literally a different angle. you could have played that pretty well i was like oh is this on purpose (laughs) that's funny um but i love for those just tuning in by the way this is our first live health detective podcast interview um they will be replayed on the health detective podcast you can search for that but we wanted to do this live with someone who just came into fdn and is absolutely kicking butt doing the things that we try to get everyone to do and is having real success with this and has actually already spoken yeah. for FDN at a conference, yeah. um, did a great job there. So again, Thank just you. in case someone's tuning in a background in business, but also then nursing for a good amount of time and then kind of saw what so many people saw the holes mm-hmm. in the system. And this is actually something I always mention on all of the podcasts, Kim, but it's especially important today because you said nothing like this, but people always misinterpret these things, especially if I say it as someone who wasn't in Western medicine. Guys, we have so many people in 
FDN that are from Western medicine or a part of it still. Mm-hmm. This is not a condemnation of anything. Um, oh, right. yeah, yeah, it has nothing to do with anything like that. That's not what this is about. But it's an incomplete system for the many of us who have chronic health issues, whether it's by seeing it in your patients or feeling it ourselves. Um, it's made it's an expert in acute illness, acute illness, accidents, you break your arm. Yes, I'm going to the emergency room. That's a great thing to do. And it's a really foolish game to play when we get into this space to start like blaming the doctors or the nurses or whatever. It's just like you said, they're not the boss. They're in this same system that we're all in. Uh, I remember yeah. going to a family practice local to me and it was when I shared the story before. Uh, it was where... um my mom went and, you know, my mom had her thyroid removed. And as I'm learning more, I realized that probably never needed to happen. I was very upset about this. It's like an 18, 19 year old guy. I was pissed off, honestly. I'm like, how could they do this to my mom? And I remember wanting to go down there and I had like these studies memorized and stuff came. I was, I was on some crazy stuff back then. And uh, I was ready to like tell this doctor off. And I was just looking for a problem. Honestly, I was upset and I was looking for a problem. It was immature. Mm -hmm. And I walked in and it's a family practice. There's multiple doctors. And mm-hmm. I got a doctor whose name, I, of course, I will not mention out of respect, mm-hmm. but it was someone who I had never had before. And Kim, mm-hmm. this guy walks in, no exaggeration, pale as can be, probably 70 to 100 pounds overweight. And I'm bad at estimating that. It might have been more. And I was instantly humbled as I realized he's not sitting on the fountain of youth back in his office and screwing over my family. This is actually, I wish it was that simple. I wish it was that simple so that I can point the finger there. This goes so much deeper and is so much bigger than that stuff. The nurses like yourself, the doctors out there like the one I went to, guys, most of these people got into this work to help people. They're not out there trying Mm. to kill people. That's crazy. That's not what's happening at all. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're so right about that. And, you know, then you've, you you add on top of that the number of people you'll see a day as the number of topics that you will discuss with this person today, because that's what's going to get that super bill to be the largest it can be. So even if you come in with um, just a sore throat or a cold, you know, it's going to be, well, gee, you know, how's your blood pressure? How's, you know, how's this? Because you've got to be able to put the checks in the box. So my problem is with the system, mm-hmm. not with the doctors or the nurses, because that's usually not the type of practice that they were envisioning as they were spending eight years of their life in, in school and education and dreaming about the people that they would help, um, you know, or which medication are you allowed to prescribe to go with this particular code? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't go with that code, they don't get to have it or they have to pay out of pocket. And then who can afford to do that? I mean, it, it's really just, um, it's a really interesting system. Yeah. And it's tough because, um, you know, I'm, I'm a younger guy. I'm still trying to figure out like my political philosophy and stuff. And I, I would never make a statement either way on here, but I would imagine that most of us watching this could be in agreement that maybe this out of control for profit system is, is kind of part of the problem. I'm, I'm not sure. Because I, again, I generally lean towards being things. I'm like, Hey, that breeds innovation. Right. But um, there does seem something a little risky about like a pharmaceutical rep being, and this is a true story, uh, being able to influence the small diner my family used to own, or I'm sorry, uh, doctors using my family small diner by like buying them a hundred dollars worth of lunch every single week for over eight years straight. We had added it up and they had spent about probably close to $40,000 over the entire time that that business was open. And this is legal. Now, I don't oh, know yeah, about- it's absolutely legal. Happened yeah. every day. I mean, and I, when I say every day, every single day, there was a book at the front desk and, you know, drug reps come in and they just ask for the book mm-hmm. and they pick their day. But every single day we had lunch brought in, whether it was Olive Garden or uh, Applebee's or Chick-fil-A or, um, 
Yeah, every single day that happens. Yeah, so again, I'm not big on controlling things, but I I think if I was president, I might change the ability to do something like that. It seems a little scary. Uh, so for mm-hmm. those just tuning in, we're doing the first live episode of the Health Detective Podcast. We're talking to my friend Kim here. If you guys have any questions, I might not get to them immediately just because I have things I want to ask her. But feel free to drop them in the chat if anything comes up while we're talking. That would be kind of fun. Um, so Kim, all right. You're in this business, doing well, kicking yeah. butt, getting to nursing, yeah. helping people, going yeah. back to school, amazing. Yeah. And then eventually you start to see some incompleteness in the system, some holes, and you start to pursue more of a natural functional route. So um, yeah. how, like, what was the moment, if, if there was one, sometimes there is for people where you're like, I need to go do something else. Because it's one thing to see something for a few years. It's another to be like, I need to go find something like FDN. Like, that's a, that's a big transition from working wherever to being an FDN, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Well, I will say that I didn't leave nursing after, uh, you know, the the years I spent there. And it was, I guess, going on six years. I didn't leave nursing because one particular thing happened that left me feeling like, well, that was the last straw. Um, So it wasn't that. I saw doctors and nurses trying their best every day to help people. But then I also saw people who ended up having... um, you know, weight loss surgeries and, and, and things that were supposed to be helpful that ended up not being helpful, uh, where they may have lost some weight initially, but it would have just been so much of a safer option to lose it naturally, to understand what is their metabolic type, what is their food sensitivities, you know, water, exercise, all those things that we talk about every day, but you don't give them a plan Mm -hmm. for how to do that. You give them a plan for which medicine to take or, um, you know, same with back surgery, you know, back surgery is either the best thing or the worst thing somebody ever did. They'll either say, oh, that was wonderful or, oh, my goodness, I've never been the same since. And so I just knew there had to be something different. Um, but again, it was it was nothing that was, um, yeah, there was no, you know, there was no drama that ensued that, that caused me to leave nursing. But um, I did have a, a passion to want to continue to do something. And so for me, I really enjoyed that part of the nursing, which was going in and sitting with someone and trying to understand what's going on. What's your life look like? What's your diet look like? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's not that kind of time. You have to move on. There are people in the waiting room. And, um, and you know, I have to admit, I, I'm, I'm one of those two where if I've got an appointment at 1230 and, and you don't see me till, you know, 145, you know, I, I don't like that, but <laughs> yeah. in the same, you know, I don't like that, but in the same sense, you know, the doctor, you want that personal service and there was not always time to give it. If you were going to have any life of your own and get home and see your own kids play ball or your own, you know, I mean, you had to get in and out. Yeah. I, I still keep going back to that quota thing. Like, again, I'm not yeah. really, well, I'm very careful about acting like, Oh, I know what to do or I'd make these rules, but something just yeah. tells me that the idea of like, I know quota is not the exact word. You, you did specify that. But just right. even having a required number of anything when it involves people that are sick or ill, that just doesn't seem like a good recipe yeah. for health. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because some people well, require time. But you, under- you have to understand what is that um, – what's the goal? You know, they're not a not-for-profit company. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, I mean their goal is that of any business, which is to – Serve people, yes, and do it as best you can. But, but profitability mm-hmm. is a really big part of any any business. And 
uh, we tend to somehow think that because it pulls on our heartstrings and it's it's medicine that it's not a business and mm-hmm. it is a business model and you, you will be reminded of that yeah. on a daily basis yeah yeah well that's well said because yeah it does pull on my heartstrings and that's why like it causes causes this cognitive dissonance because I try to be logical mm-hmm. with it and I clearly have a bias towards this because of what happened to me in the Western medicine world and my yeah. family um, but again we're not here to necessarily fix yeah, that yeah. system. We're here promoting good stuff. So I'll, I'll mm-hmm. do just that. So how did you find FDN? Because I don't think you and I, if we did discuss oh. it, I forget. Yeah. How did you find us? This is an interesting story. Uh, once I, I, I wanted to be in health, a health coach because I thought, you know, that's right up my alley, right? I, I love talking to, to patients. I love talking to people. Um, this is something I can do. I understand medication. And, and you know, we, we prefaced this whole talk with, you don't have to be a nurse. Like most of the people in the program are not doctors or nurses. They are normal people who have a fitness background, a health background, a desire to help people. But that just happened to be mine. So I thought, wow, that's, that's right up my my alley. I'm going to do that. But um, I went to, I went back to school to get my doctorate. You know, I went back, I went to Arizona State. I left there. I went to Duke, the integrative medicine department. I left there, did some studying at Harvard. I went back. So I felt like when it was time for me to hang out my shingle that I was so ready. I had this model for sustainable change from arguably some of the smartest people at Duke that know change has to happen a certain way. It has to lay down a certain way in the brain for it to be sustainable. And I just knew I was going to crush it, crush it. Um, But what happened was not that. (laughs) I got my first few clients and um, it was interesting because they were working my program to the T and we got to the end of the program and I'll never forget the first lady. Um, she was still unwell. Mm-hmm. And I was disappointed. You know, if she was disappointed. And I'll never forget, she said to me, you know, maybe this is as good as I'm ever going to feel. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, you know, something's wrong. So then I had my next client and my next one. And so finally I realized something's not right. So I went back to Duke. I got an a advanced degree in, in health coaching. You know, we had... Uh, little groups of, of people. We had cohorts. We had people listening in on the on the talks. And I'll never forget uh, one of the the girls in my uh, in my cohort. Her name is Elise Morgan. And I said to her, Elise, something's not right. Like I, I don't know, but everybody they're not they're not getting well. And she said to me, she said, Well, you know, this health coaching is great, but that's not my my first line of business. I'm an FDM practitioner. Uh, and I said, You're what? And she said, yeah, I'm an, I'm an FDM practitioner. We're like health detectives. We look for the, the cause of things. And, you know, and I'm over here devastated thinking that my business is dying and I'm not helping people. And she's going to send me, I'll send you a link is what she said. Um, and she sent me a link and uh, I looked and I knew instantly it was the functional lab component that I was missing. It was the objective data to go with the subjective data. And it was a game changer for being able to create custom protocols for my clients and then coach them. Because what I had been doing, quite honestly, I had been coaching them. The traditional coaching model is you let your client tell you where they want to go, which is wonderful if they know, but most of them, they don't. They're, they're guessing. They're guessing at which diet. They're guessing which form of exercise, you know, guessing which supplement. Um, so FDN is really what was a game changer for for me and my success uh, at what I'm doing. Cool. As someone who has, I mean, you listed off that stuff, a pretty extensive background in education and very impressive 
background of education. <laughs> what did you think about the FDN course? Because we're not here claiming that it's you know a doctorate level equivalent, but Reed cl- yeah. typically says it's like a master's level program. Uh, I personally agree with this, but I didn't go the traditional route in college, so I can't really speak on that. Like, where would you place this? How did you like the education? Okay, I'm going to be honest with you here. I thought it was incredible. It, and it certainly not only rivaled, but surpassed some of the more formal education that I've actually had because we were taught which labs, how to interpret those labs, and then how to apply them in a practical manner. So in other words, we were taught not just what to think, we were taught how to think, Mm -hmm. how to come up with a a clinical correlation to, to the subjective data that our clients were telling us. So I loved that rather than just sitting in a classroom where a professor is going to tell you that this is the answer and this is what your answer will be. And if you say anything other than this, because you think something differently, yeah, that's not going to be the right answer. Uh, And we're going to count it wrong. And so I love that. I love that this was something real, you know? Yeah. I, there's an, it's irrelevant, but an audio that I listened to from a guy who passed away like over 50 years ago. And he always talks about, and he's not even talking about medicine, Kim. He's talking just in general, how we're teaching society, what to think instead of how Mm -hmm. to think. I love that you said that because FDN, even though we love the labs, it's a major part of the training. It's a core part of the training. You could still lose the labs tomorrow. All the labs could get you know blown up or something like that. And we'd still be able to help people really effectively. And I, I would say more so than the majority of practitioners out there, not because of any other reason other than we know how to think critically about this. It's just some of the lines of questioning even, because I'm sure this probably was happening to you before FDN, but now is definitely happening where we have mm-hmm. friends or family members that come up to us and like, well, Hey, I have this thing and the doctor couldn't help. Like, what is it? I'm like, okay, I don't diagnose anything. So that's not what I'm here right. to do. But right. I, in two or three questions, have already asking them things that they've never been asked before, or they claim that they've never been asked before, right? It's just, it's amazing. It's like, so I'm like, I'm considering this and that and that. Uh, I had a person I was talking to the other day, you know, she erupted in a rash like eight, nine months ago, and it came out of nowhere. And, you know, we find out that her husband also had this thing. I'm like, wow, this mystery just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Um, But my point is, rather than just try to put a label on that or guess, that's not what I do. That's not what I'm trained in. I know by definition, because of FDN, there has to be one or more malfunctions in her brain or body that's leading to a state of disease, right? And it's a simple philosophy, but if you truly embody it, it's actually profound because the doctors haven't been able to help her yet. Oh, you're so right about that. Because as you know, too, and, and our founder, Reed Davis, always says, you know, symptoms are the last thing mm-hmm. to show up. So if all you're doing is treating the symptoms, you're really letting the underlying cause of that continue in the background. And that's where you continue to see uh, problems. But, you know, the other thing Reed will say all the time, especially all through their training, we don't treat the paper. You know, we don't, you know, our goal isn't to look at your blood sugar and decide that uh, we're going to get it below a seven. Uh, or, or that your blood pressure should be below this. I mean, what we're doing is we're using those labs to clinically correlate with, but we're not using those labs to treat anything or to create the protocol per se. It's the big picture that we're looking at, the person, the person, the person every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every yeah, every single time. And that's, that's mm-hmm. the cool thing about being an FDN is, The system that did diagnose and treat them specifically probably didn't work. That's why they're here. Very few people end up in the FDN world by mistake, you know, especially as from a client perspective. Are you kidding me? Like that's never an accident. Uh, We're not as much as I'd love this. We're just not in a world yet where someone says 
the first person I'm going to go to is the FDN. It's, it's not how it works. And so they've been to this system. It hasn't worked. They need something else, guys. So you don't even want to do yeah. that, right? Like we have yeah. to serve them in a different way. Now, when That's you went so through true. the course, um, because you're a pretty healthy person, as it seems, you yeah. said, did you find anything though on your labs that were maybe like healing opportunities, things that you could optimize? Because for those that don't know, when you go through the FDN course, we actually include multiple labs um, that we teach you about. So you're going to get to run those labs on yourself and you're going to yeah. get your um, FDN mentor or one of the mentors is going to go over some of those labs with you in a consult. So did you find anything useful on, on there, even as someone who is healthy? I did um, because I did not come to FDN as some do uh, with my own health issues. You know, Jim Aleka did that in, with the Hashimoto's and skin cancer. And once she, she figured a way to self-treat and, and cure herself of her own ills and she became very passionate about it. That was not how I came to it. Um, when I did my labs in the training, even just, you know, I'd always been very thin. Um, I could always eat people under the table. That was the thing. People would just never could believe that I was as thin as I am and ate like I did. But what they didn't understand is I was hungry all the time, you know, hungry all the time. And I never could get from one meal to the next meal. So even understanding my metabolic type and that I metabolize things very, very quickly and that carbs just not enough for me, you know, I really need the, the protein and the high purine protein at that. That was a game changer for me pulling away food sensitivities. I used to think, well, the more Brussels, Brussels sprouts I eat, you know, I'm just so much healthier than you. And turn, turns out, you know, that's a red food for me. Um, so just those basic things. But, you know, now I can eat breakfast and I can go, you know, four or five hours and feel sustained. I don't get that hangry. You know, you know, when people would tease me in the past about, oh, dude, if she says she's hungry. I'm just giving you a heads up. You need to feed her. You know? <laughs> and it was true. It was so true. I hate to admit it, but it really was. Uh, but So I don't have to deal with that anymore. That's, that's I awesome. It. I, yeah. it's, we didn't actually talk about that when we were at the conference together, because mm -hmm. that's very similar to me where I've always had that huge appetite, never, yeah. I mean, intentionally trying to gain weight at certain points and wasn't able yeah. to do it. And what was the narrative, especially for a skinny guy that was like weightlifting, trying to gain weight, eat more carbs. It was like, literally get your protein and fat. And then if that doesn't work, you just up the carbs. That's actually mm -hmm. what they teach you. It's mm -hmm. like bro science, they call it. And so I got into FDN and yes, I learned about my metabolic type and stuff, a mixed oxidizer, but with other things that were going on, I was able to handle more like higher fat, moderate protein things. And, you know, I ended up having uh, a breakfast, uh, like I called it an Ev shake. It was kind of funny, you known to my family and friends. It was pretty interesting stuff. Um, and it was about like 70, 80% fat, you know, maybe 10 grams of carbs total. Now, I had never eaten like that. To most people, it could have been an early grave, like an early heart attack. To me, though, because of the testing mm -hmm. that we do, that was one of the best meals I ever created. It's highly satiating still to this day. And yeah. when I need, when I have a really long work day and I know I'm going to be out all day or not have access to like the quality of food that I prefer to have access to, I can take that in the morning. I can have sustained energy for eight to 10 hours and I'm good to go. Um, go figure. Right. So you and I actually kind of have a similar thing with that where, yeah. you know, we're, we're naturally leaner people. You think we can just house through these carbs, but the truth is we needed better energy sources for us. And that's one of the yeah. things of many that we teach at FDN, which is cool. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
Also, um, just seeing my friend Bree there, Roots Health. She is an FDN, and she said she's back. This is awesome to do it live. Um, cool. We're glad that you guys like these live ones. Mm-hmm. If anyone pops in and has a question for Kim, please feel free to ask live. We never have had that opportunity on the Health Detective podcast before, so uh, first time for everything, and we like being able to do this. So you found this stuff uh, when mm-hmm. you went through the FDN course. You learned mm-hmm. some things on your labs. Even for someone, the rare FDN that comes through this already pretty healthy, there were still opportunities to get better. And it's kind of yeah. cool is the, the question then becomes by addressing small things like you did now, maybe you avoided things that would have been more of an issue five mm-hmm. to 10 years down the road from not maybe eating perfectly in alignment with what your body likes. So who knows, right? Um, but either way, what you've really thrived at more than anyone else that I know, especially off the bat, is getting to the business side of this, actually being able to help people, charging a reasonable amount for it, amount that they're okay with, that they want to pay you and that you get to make a living with. I think that's pretty impressive. So how did you start the FDN business side of things? Like, did you already have clients lined up? Because I actually don't even know this part. Did you have them lined up before you graduated or? No, no, I did not. And um, so I, like a lot of FDNs, started with guinea pigs of my family, Uh, you know, my husband. uh, But I'll tell you, when my, my husband goes to the gym every day, Every day, five o'clock in the morning, he's off to the gym. Um, but he's one of those that um, yeah, he just he wasn't losing any weight. He's six one. He's two hundred and thirty pounds, uh, and he dropped fifty pounds once we got him on his metabolic type and his food sensitivities. And he couldn't believe it. And so, wow. of course, all the people at the gym are wanting to know, Dad, what did you do? And he said, You know, well, my wife is doing this FDN thing, and and so little by little, people started coming to me because they had seen. Uh, his transformation. My sister had suffered with fibromyalgia for mm-hmm. years. Um, I helped my sister, and then she told other people at church that they you know, they came to me. And then it was really just word of mouth um, mm-hmm. is how it all started. And then I started doing some lectures and you know going up and down the coast talking, and um, then it just kind of exploded. Okay. And I think the lecture thing is one of the things I wanted to touch on today for sure, because I get that yeah. that's intimidating for people. Um, people don't believe me when I say this, but this is the honest to God truth. I hated public speaking. Um, as a kid, I used to, well, it didn't happen every time, but I have literally thrown up 20 minutes after oh. giving speeches. It's already done, right? The speech is over. And I'm still that nervous that I did that. Um, I dropped out of my community college public speaking course yeah. a week and a half in because I was terrified of that. So it is a skill that can be taught learned and developed. I am the best example of that. Now, you seem to me like a pretty confident Mm -hmm. person. um, But either way, it doesn't matter if you're there already, and you're confident or you are lacking that you could build it up and get this. I do think that Mm -hmm. lectures and talking to people in groups is some of the best things that you could possibly do. Mm. The person in front of the room has the authority. And we have some really great things to say as FDN. So um, how did you like if someone's like, how did I even how do I get lectures? Like, how do I do something like that? You did this so simply, simply that it's brilliant. So how did you go about getting your first lecture? Well, as far as how I book them, I really have to give all the credit to Reed Davis. I would love to say, oh, I did this. I really didn't do any of it. Um, I purchased the uh, lecture packages right off of the uh, FDN portal there. You know, once you graduate, you get access to all these fantastic tools with the um, AFDN group. And mm-hmm. uh, and so Reed already had done all the work. He had the PowerPoint presentations. He had survey forms to get people to fill out. He had marketing material to use. Uh, all I had to do was put my name on them. Uh, he even had it down to phone scripts. Here's what you're going to say when you call and ask these people if you can come to their their, you know, 
office and speak. Um, and honestly, even a, a video he had, so I could hear him do it and kind of put it in my own words. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I just, I took that and I was scared to death and I booked my first one. And I remember thinking, oh goodness, if nobody shows up, I'm still going to do it. I'm going to do it to an empty room because nice. I'm going to, practice and make sure that if somebody happens to walk in 10 minutes late, I am still there for them. And um, I I ended up with 12 people my first night and seven of them, seven out of the 12 actually bought my, (laughs) my large package. And And so then I thought, I love these lectures. I do them over and over and over. Yeah. And this is my point. Yes. You're you're a well-spoken person, educated, confident. I get that. But you're just using the FDN system. Like you're just taking what we're taught here and going out and yeah. applying it. And a system, yeah. guys, in a sense, by definition, is something that should be predictable and duplicatable, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be a yeah. system. If it's different every time and it works sometimes and other times it doesn't work, that's not a system. That's chance. So mm-hmm. FDN system has been done with tens of thousands of people. It is still being refined to perfection to this day. And you don't need perfection, right? It's still good enough that anyone can come into this, even someone that is more shy, introverted, and doesn't feel like they can go do that stuff Mm -hmm. and figure this out. Like we have the resources for that. And I just wanted to emphasize that today because you're the perfect example of someone who comes in. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to do the education. I'm going to buy the lecture packages, which most, uh, most people do not do. So I give you props for that. And then go do it. And then here you are, right? And I mean, you only graduated, how long ago was this? Like a year, not even? Or when was it? Uh, about a, Yeah, August will be a, a year. Yeah, I'll tell you, and you hit the nail on the head because I love a logical, repeatable process. Mm-hmm. That is what I mean, it, with a predictable outcome mm-hmm. every single time. Because you don't have to buy all of them. I mean, I bought, th- I think he had three, he had four of them already done. So I, I ended up buying them all, at, but not all at one time. But, you know, for me, I started in libraries. And once I saw the success I had at one library, it dawned on me, don't reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. There are eight libraries in this system here in my county. Yeah. I'll just go to the next library and do the same one. And oh, my goodness, I'll go to the next one. And so then when I when I purchased a second lecture, which was um, I think it was Sega Night to Insomnia. I just went back and did the eight library circuit all over again. And then I started going to other cities to do them. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, yeah, it just kind of grew yeah it's just and it's been happening for years because reed was doing that back 10 15 20 years ago Uh, jen maleka is the one who got me into fdn i met her in san diego she was giving a lecture from one of the lecture packages right in a coffee shop with like 20 people listening and she got more than she bargained for right she wanted the client but then i'm still a pain in her butt to this day (laughs) being involved in fdn so um, a little more than she expected but you know it it works she's my idol i just i want to be jen when i grow up one day yeah actually that's kind of interesting that you said that because out of all the people I know from the get-go were already like starting a new practice, but doing very well. I feel like you guys mm-hmm. legitimately are on the exact same page. So that's pretty impressive. Um, okay. So where I'm not asking for specific numbers, it's not appropriate, yeah, but yeah. I am curious, yeah. is this something now? I mean, you've only been doing it for a year. I wouldn't even expect this, yeah. but are you able to do this full time or do you need a few yes. more to call it? Wow. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> I do it full time. Yep. And I went from uh, making originally, you know, maybe, you know, a couple thousand a month to where it wouldn't have, wouldn't have been enough to sustain 
But the key was growing into other things as well. You know, you, you've, you've got, uh, you know, we don't sell supplements, but I mean, we know a thing or two about them and we can point you to, and, and there are affiliate programs. Um, so I've got my webpage and I've got that. And then I've got my Shopify store. So as I work through my protocols, I've got, um, you know, things that people can go to and, and get to help them through, whether it's exercise equipment or whatnot. But yeah, it was uh, within just a matter of months after starting the the lectures, it was well over 10000 a month and it just kind of keeps growing and growing and growing. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, we're not making claims or guarantees, but <laughs> no, you know, it's not, happened before. You have to do it. You have yeah, to it has happened it. before. We'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, that you that's have amazing. To do it. Yeah, you have to and do the work. I'm um, I'm like mixed in my generation because like some of my generation like believes in you know not really making money at all and they just want to give it all away yeah. and I think that's great. Um, and then yeah. others are kind of the opposite. It's more of a mm-hmm. you know I'm not going to give to anyone or do anything like that. What if you could yeah. do both? That's my philosophy. What if you right? could do that? Yeah, and that's I my have, philosophy. Yeah, no, I have no problem taking money from someone for something that they wanted yeah. me to do for them. That's a beautiful thing. That's called great yeah. business. You know, they want to be your client. You're doing a good job. You're giving them a great mm-hmm. result, and you get to mm-hmm. make kick butt money doing this. And um, you know, if you do the math too, I, I won't. I never ask anyone's age, but like you already mentioned, at 50 you went back to school. And then did the nursing and now we're doing this. So guys, I just like, what's the excuse? You know what I mean? Because Kim, I've had, when I was on the course enrollment side, yeah. I would have people call in at like 40 and say, is it too late to do FDN? I'm Babies. like, what? <laughs> yeah. So you came in, did the, yeah. basically in a two year span here, less than two years, yeah. did the course, went out, yeah. have done over $10,000 a month helping other people mm. full-time practice. Mm-hmm. And you didn't yeah. even graduate a year ago. That's that's what FDN is yes. all about. Not reinventing the wheel, going out and talking in libraries. But, you know, of course, there's going to be someone that's like, well, my library is too small. We don't have any libraries in my town. <laughs> you know, like there's always an excuse. But um, then there's people that don't make excuses and, and they get yeah. the results. And that's that's really incredible. Well, so it's impressive. Yeah, you can do group group sessions. You know, you don't have to just do one on one. You could do group sessions. You can align yourselves with other practitioners. That was one thing I did, too, is I aligned myself with some of the other um, physical therapy companies in town, chiropractors in town. So we can go do joint lectures where we both get to speak and we refer people to each other. Um, so, yeah, but now there's a lot, you know, there's work to it too. It's a, it's a business like any other business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you, if you, a lot of people do it just to, to cure, you know, not to cure, but to, well, yeah, to, cure themselves actually to self-treat or a family member. But um, if you're going to do it as a business, then you need to set it up as a business. You need to run it as a business. You need to have systems of how to, um, you know, your portal, how you're going to communicate with people. And you really do have to, uh, because it doesn't, it's like anything, right? I, I feel like most people that are successful in life in business, they could do anything really, because it's a process, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a, are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to put the time in? Are you willing to do the planning and put it on paper and and making sure that you get to those goals? Um, So sometimes the goal doesn't even matter. It's not even, you could do anything, you know, whether it was a phone company or nursing or whatever, like you, I mean, you've done many, and and look at the the podcast you just started yesterday. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you could do anything. So it's, um, it's really more of a personal habit kind of thing I think with people. I, I love that you mentioned that aspect of business, like the personal habit, personal development. I'm huge into that. And it's yeah. interesting that we've talked about Jen Maleka and it's so I actually have used this example before because she does very, very well. 
But the truth is I could put Jen just about anywhere with any, I could put her in real estate. Jen's going Mm -hmm. to go to the top very quickly. And Mm -hmm. it's not because she's the smartest. It's not because she's the fastest, strongest, whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. Jen is a systems genius, first of all. Um, And she works hard and she she stays consistent and has these habits. So Mm -hmm. now on the opposite extreme, and this is, I'm getting somewhere with this. If I told Jen tomorrow or you tomorrow, hey, um, you guys have to go out and start selling, you know, the thing that my dog put in the yard. And you guys know what I mean. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be a great business model, right? Even for the most successful of salespeople, if they have to sell my dog's waste, that's not going to work. And I know this sounds funny, but hear out what I'm getting here or what I'm getting at here. That's hard for even the, best, most successful person out there. FDN is not that. FDN is a system that can take someone who is really not great at sales, not good at talking to people, none Mm. of that stuff. And you still have a great foundation. Are you Mm. going to do as well as someone like Kim or Jen? Probably not, but you can always work on yourself. That's the difference. You don't have the control as a FDN really to make the system much better. You get what you get. The system's good. So you can get this great baseline just coming in and being yourself. But if you want to continue to work on yourself, then you really can take, I mean, sky's the limit with this system. Ben Azadi, he's an FDN. He has literally a top 30 health podcast in America with over 1.5 million downloads now called Keto Camp. Um, and he's an FDN, right? So yeah. is everyone an FDN doing that? No, but Ben wants to keep working on himself. And then, uh, you know, Jim Rohn by any chance, you ever heard of that guy? I've heard Jim Rohn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that guy. Um, for those that don't know, listen to him on YouTube, wonderful personal development guy. And he said, you can make more than you, uh, do right now, or you can have more than you do because you uh, can become more than you are. So you can Mm -hmm. have more than you do because you can become more than you are. And that's his point. The better that we become, the more that we can serve people, we got to get that back. So uh, the FDN system's pretty good, even for someone that has no willingness to change. But I would never recommend that, and neither would you. Work on yourself while using this system. And to a degree, uh, sky's pretty much the limit with what you can do here. It's amazing. I'll tell you, it, it, you're so right about that. It's the potential. It is the potential to do as much as you want or don't want. Because everybody's goal isn't to work with, you know, however many people a day. Some people are parents that have small children and they want the flexibility. So it's different things to different people. Um, If what you want is to be able to put the kids on the bus in the morning, come home, work a certain block of hours, and then go get the kids at the bus stop and have a life after, it's that kind of flexibility. You know, tweak your price, raise your price and work with fewer people or work from anywhere you want to work from you know you go to the beach you want to work while you're there a little bit right off the trip work from the base you want to come home that to me is uh, is freedom it's not just financial freedom because money's not everything you know but it's you ought to be able to make a good living doing it and you certainly can but yeah Earl Nightingale said uh, he's another personal development figure for those who don't know. Uh, he said most people actually don't need as money as much money as they think that they do, and that's not to sell yourself short. But the point is, we all think, especially when we're younger, right? Oh, I need a billion dollars or all this stuff. No, you don't. You you need enough money to do the things that you want to do, which, quite frankly, are probably is probably not going to cost anywhere near a billion dollars or even a hundred million. You don't need anything close to that, and you want to not hate your life. <laughs> you want to oh, engage right? in activities on a daily basis that right? are actually enjoyable. Um, and what's amazing is the more that second option is like up, like the enjoyment of life, the less you actually need here. Now, I am all for enhancing both of these as high yeah. as possible. I, I yeah. still try to enhance both those every day. But I'll tell you this, like for myself and yourself, like when I'm going to meeting to meeting in a daily basis or speaking gig to whatever, 
I'm not working as far as I'm concerned. I got to rest. Yeah. Like, yes, there's a physical yeah. toll, but it's not working in the sense yeah. of, oh my God, I can't, ugh, I got to clock in today. This is going to yeah. suck. Like the, the health benefits of just that is probably better than any diet out there. Just not mm-hmm. eating your life because so many people are, are not thrilled with what they're doing, unfortunately. Right. So it's, yeah, it's cool to be able to do sure. what we love. Well, it is. And, and um, I, I forget even who it was. I heard say this once, but it was, um, it was an aha moment for me. They said, you know, more than you need is more than you need. So it doesn't matter whether you have this much more than you need or millions more than you need. When you have more than you need, you quit feeling the difference. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like you can be type A and, and keep killing yourself to try to get it and have no life whatsoever and miss spending time with your partner, miss spending time with your children for this amount of money that you don't even, you don't feel it anyway. Yeah. You know, you need what you need. But to be happy and healthy and balanced and doing what you love to do is the name of the game. And and I really have to say that of anything I've ever done, FDN suits me and the lifestyle I want to lead much better than anything else I've ever done. Awesome. All right, Kim, I got a few more questions for you to wrap up. Um, One, because I know that you talked about your husband and I believe sister Mm -hmm. with the fibromyalgia, correct? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, well, yeah. you have a full-time practice. You're obviously mm-hmm. doing the work. What is, to the uh, the degree that you're able to share for privacy reasons, what yeah. is one of like the coolest client testimonials or stories that you've seen so far um, for people that have worked with you? Like maybe someone that was at the end of their rope, they felt like there's no other option and they came to you and, and got some uh, great outcomes. Yeah, I would have to say one of the ones that really sticks out to me um, uh, was a student at Embry-Riddle mm-hmm. in the aeronautic uh, program brilliant, brilliant young woman um, with migraines and digestive issues that really just kind of kept her from living her best life there at campus. It kept her from um, participating in a lot of uh, classroom activity. And she had just been honestly seven or eight different people. She was just at her ropes end and just thought, I'm not going to be able to keep doing this. I'm not going to make it through school. And within a month, within a month, she was off of several different medications that she had been taking and not at my direction, you know, because we don't tell people to stop taking their medicine. Um, but as she didn't need medication for depression anymore, she came off that and a whole symptom bucket, you know, of things went away when she quit taking that medicine and then the migraine medicine. And, you, you know, because you start adding medicines on top of medicines and you start kind of creating your own problem as well. Mm-hmm. So the bang you got for your butt just by getting her on the right diet, uh, keeping those histamine foods low, uh, food sensitivities, you know, it was life changing. She came running up to me at church, and my husband, again, six one, big guy. I look over at him, and he's got tears coming down his face because this little young girl comes running up to me, throws her arms around me. She says, "Oh, Miss Kim, you won't believe it. You just won't believe it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to class and I'm participating." And she was so excited, and he's just over there bawling. <laughs> but it was just, it was a moment, you know. It was like, if this is why I do it. This is why I do it yeah. because there's no telling what that young girl will go on to achieve, you know, just yeah. by being her best self. It's one of my favorite questions to uh, ask FDNs on the podcast because 
I always say it's one thing to get the results for ourselves. Maybe we're a different breed. We're disciplined people, whatever. But like to be able to do this for someone else that has other careers, other aspirations, other passions, has nothing to do with health. They just want to get better. It is doable. It is possible. There's Mm -hmm. thousands of clients doing it right now amongst all Mm -hmm. the FDNs as we speak. So uh, you guys can really have an opportunity to do work that not many people have the privilege of being able to do with the FDN programs. That's amazing. Um, Okay. One other thing, Kim, obviously, because we're talking about the course today, we're hyping up the course because it's a great thing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. occasionally people are following us or listening because they'd like to work Mm -hmm. with someone. And maybe they've Mm -hmm. listened to this Instagram live or the podcast version, which by the way, guys, so search for the health detective podcast on Apple. We have over 150 episodes now um, with interviews from all types of FDNs and functional practitioners. So you guys will love it. Kim's will be out next or uh, two from now, basically, I'll get it uploaded there. Um, but who do you work with? Like, do you have a specific type of person, maybe conditions or whatever? Now, FDN, of course, addresses everything. Um, but some mm-hmm. people just like to work with certain conditions because mm-hmm. they can empathize with it better, whatever it might be. Yeah, I would have to say that um, just by way of the lectures, most of the folks that I work with, because they are uh, attendees that have come to the lecture, it's you know fibromyalgia, it's stress and hormone imbalance, it's insomnia, mm-hmm. um, yeah, ADHD. Those are, again, because they've come to the, the um, lecture. But what happens after that is you get people who may, maybe came to see me for stress and hormone uh, issues who happened to lose 30 or 40 pounds. And then somebody else will want to come see me just because, oh, I saw that, you know, she lost all this weight and she really didn't even have to do anything. And she just changed her diet and then whatever. Um, and so then it just kind of word of mouth. But, but my core is probably people that come off of those lectures, honestly. Okay. That's amazing that you said that because word of mouth, I think, listen, everyone's going to have to start in the beginning, right? You're going to have to work a little bit to get things going. The top 50 ends that I know universally are getting more clients off referrals or word of mouth stuff at that point than they are anything else. Uh, Really, really cool stuff. So where can people Mm -hmm. find you if they're interested in working with you? Maybe they're one of those people that have those things. Yeah, if they want to, they can find me. Um, I, uh, my webpage is functionalhealthgroup.org. And I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. So you can find me on any of those social medias. But uh, yeah, you can book uh, free consultations with me right off of my webpage, which is functionalhealthgroup.org. Yeah. If you guys have any last second questions for Kim, hurry up and drop them in the comments below. I'll ask them to her live. But I do have one more question for you if no one else has one. And it's our signature question on the Health Detective Podcast. And what I will ask you is if in this case, I could give Kim a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's literally do one thing or stop doing one thing, what's the one thing you'd get them to do? Go outside. If you go outside, you're going to get fresh air. You're going to get sunlight. You're going to get the grounding of the earth. You know, something somebody told me the other day is, I really don't need to be out in the earth. What does that have to do with anything? And I said, you know, when was the last time you bought seeds in an envelope that grew in the envelope? Mm -hmm. They don't. There's an innate intelligence. You got to put them in the ground. Then they sprout, but they don't grow in the envelope. So we don't grow inside either. Get them outside. 